Welcome to the Voice Culture Podcast with your hosts, Brian Lee and Justin Peterson. Today, we are delighted to welcome Nikki Loney, the founder of Full Voice Music in Canada. On her website, she has this wonderful, concise headline of of what she's all about. It says, Full Voice Music is a Canadian publishing company dedicated to creating fun and educational resources for young singers. And I think the company does a fantastic job of this. I can't wait to learn more about how the Full Voice came into existence and where it's going. Uh, Nikki, we've both been guests on your podcast and had such a great time. So nice to have you on here today. Thanks so much for coming. Oh, Brian. Oh, thank you. I guys, I uh I'm just so honored to be here. And before we get started, I do want to say that I am thoroughly enjoying the Voice Culture podcast. I oh. listen to it. I listen to it when I'm cooking. Thank you. And um my favorite one so far has been how to wreck a vocalese. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have wrecked vocalises, and I've also witnessed students of mine wrecking a good vocalise now and then. Oh, yeah. You've got that game of telephone where, where you assign something, and then later you ask them, oh, so how's it going? What's it go?" And they'll, they'll come back a week later and say, I don't get what it's for. Or yes. you say, why, 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 why don't you tell me, tell, tell me what you think this is doing for you? And they say something quite different than you expected (laughs) it's like oh Oh, well even just even with younger singers um like what why are you making me sing the song and there's no words and and it's quite (laughs) they're just like what is why they're just it's there's a lot of explaining and selling of mm. the benefits right sure so, yeah but i i have to say i love your banter i love your perspectives on uh pedagogy i, th- I find that there's so many wonderful teacher takeaways and i and i i think you're doing a great service to our industry and and uh uh, of course, I always have a good chuckle. My oh. my husband listens and my son listens, and they they don't get it, but I get it. So <laughs> <laughs> good, love it. So, but if you start talking about baseball, my son will be right in there. Like, oh like yeah, shirt. <laughs> wow. Those pictures that you had posted pictures recently of your son doing some baseball that oh. were out of this world. They were so I great. I know. We really uh, we uh, we just moved to Nova Scotia. Yeah, how's that? And Oh my gosh. Well, like it? we love it. It, it. it was, I mean, I don't recommend to anyone listening to this podcast, moving in a pandemic is not going to be uh, rainbows and sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we had a lot of challenges and, uh, but it was a one, it's a wonderful province. We had kind of a long-term kind of like when we're older kind of, uh, you know, that's what we'll do when we're older. And mm. then, thanks COVID my the full voice team we started working really well online and we became very productive and online lessons even with my youngest students was very successful and so we were like why are we waiting let's let's go where we want to be and we love it here it's beautiful I have we have a beautiful we're in the forest we're in a little we're in a little it's called Hemford Forest I have delightful neighbors Bruce came over this afternoon to put some moss in my pond to help the 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 quality of my pond to be less murky. 
Wow. Do you have fish <laughs> right, in there? No, right? And uh, no, it's fab- It's fabulous. And of course, my son um, loves baseball more than he loves his mom and dad. Like we are not his people at all. <laughs> and what's really funny is that like, like we put him into piano lessons as, as a young child and we had the best piano teacher like like dr chris foley was an expert at making piano lessons fun he did off the bench activities he like it was everything and noah was like he made that man's life an absolute misery (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah and and i and it was so frustrating because we were like you know you know, oh, piano lessons are good for you, and and he's a musical kid, but he he is a sports kid through and through. And sometimes we watch him in awe and wonder, going, "I wonder whose his real parents are," because yeah, yeah, <laughs> can't be us. Right. So yeah, so we uh, we love it here. It's been fantastic. And uh, other than the occasional power outage, which is a thing here, as you mm-hmm. know, because we were supposed to talk last week, but yes. um, it's been great. It's been really great. The people here are lovely. Um, it's quiet. It's, it's so quiet. And we came from a very busy suburban area and we loved our neighbors and we had a really great community, but, um, this is great. We're just really happy here. Well, that's neat. That's neat. Yeah. I noticed on the website, the, uh, corporate, well, the, there's like an address still back in, in Ontario. Yes. Uh, do, Do you distribute out of there? Yes. So yeah. Full Voice now has a Ontario office, head office with a, I forget what the legal term is, with a provincial satellite. Yeah. So there's there's a it, there's a business registration in both provinces now, oh. mm-hmm. which is uh, which is good. But yes, the Full Voice workbooks are printed in Toronto, mm-hmm. and and they're shipped from Toronto. So yeah, but uh, but I'm I'm. Yeah, I just it's been it's been quite the busy summer and and getting settled here and uh there's just yeah. Um I actually have delayed my starting my teaching season, so I don't start until October. So, I'm excited to to get con- started in singing and having fun with my kiddos Great. and my adults. I can't get rid of my adult students even if I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Not love that it. I want to. Yeah, the variety is kind of cool, I think. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I love yeah. it. Don't you love it? it I, I feel like, it, I always tell people, I feel like a general practice doctor. Oh, yeah. Right? Rather yeah. than a specialist. Old I always feel like, yeah. Yes, the old way. The old country doctor. That's me, you know. I <laughs> Come that. in with my toolbox and, you know, all ages. And I, I love that because it just, to me, it keeps me honest as a teacher. Because I have such a, you yes. have, we have such wide demographics to deal with. Mm-hmm. That we really have to stay on our toes with the broad range of pedagogical information that's out there, rather than eighteen to twenty-two year olds, right? Mm. Like the academic mm-hmm. world. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. Uh, can I ask uh, Justin? What's your youngest that you're working with right now? Eleven. Oh, nice. Right now, my youngest is eleven, and he's a little actor performer. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and and that's these are all the things we're going to talk about. But I, you know, things like. Um, He's a firecracker, you know, and these, you know, the younger where they are, and you have to. I often find that I have to dance faster, you know, yes. with the kids, within the adults. Yep. You know, yeah. I have to keep going. Look over here! Now look over here! Now go over here! Now look at this! You know, now let's go over there! You know, because I, I mean, that's one of the the kind of uh, issues of our time, right? Is kids' attention spans are so short. 
you, you know, know they, they can't hold I have it. I have adults that I have to oh. do that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I have story. some adults yeah. where I have to like keep I have to keep things moving because I can see that they're in the Zoom room but mm-hmm. they're not in the right. Zoom room yeah. so I right. have to yeah. change things up but mm-hmm. but I think you're right though kids have that energy and if you mm-hmm. uh if you don't know how to harness it, it can it can turn ugly really quick. Truly, or it's exhausting. I often tell people I have to dance faster than they are. I have to mm. be out a, a mile or or two ahead of them. Yep. To anticipate where then when their car might just veer off the road, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's go back here now. Come on. Yeah. I love yeah. that. You know, I can't I can't follow them. I have to lead them. Mm. In a way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yes. It just becomes really. Um, it's an energy dance. It's an energy dance with children. I'm I having like, images yeah, of like shepherd dogs, <laughs> like, you know, rounding up the sheep, Australian you know? shepherds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hurting the yeah. Well, I've often said it, when I started teaching small group classes with young singers, I, I actually had to bring in my assistant who had she had retired from the elementary classroom, mm. and you know I've been a private teacher for. 30, it, this is my 31st year wow. of teaching. Wow. I know. I know. I, I must have started when I was like 11. <laughs> yeah. Young. Yeah. Right. But uh, when I first started doing the small groups, um, I, uh, and, and I, this is, I shouldn't even say this. I started with like six or seven, but it was like herding cats. Yep. And I had no classroom management skills, so I had to bring Heidi in. And, and she's laughing. She's like, I usually have 26 kids. Exactly. You've got seven, and you're in the corner in the <laughs> fetal position crying. <laughs> yep. And I was like, well, maybe. So, and she was very helpful. So, Oh, but, that's great. So, mm-hmm. Well, so, so uh, you're your focus has mostly been the young ones. And uh, so how did full voice come out of that? How did you get started? What, what caused you to create this resource? Well, I started, so I didn't actually have a background in pedagogy when I went to school. It was, it was jazz. It was a jazz program and it was performance. Like there was mm -hmm. nothing about teaching, but of course, very quickly after graduating from school and enduring the fluctuating income of a mm-hmm. performer, yep. uh, a friend of mine was like, well, maybe you should just teach a few lessons. And of course, being you know 20 and young and foolish, I was like, well, that's an easy way to make money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I started just teaching, like, uh, I think it was a night at a, at a small music store. And my first day of teaching was such a tragedy. Oh. And so, like, I had every every age group, every, like, I from the littlest littles to moody preteens to teenagers oh. that literally brought in screamo music and wanted <laughs> to know how to do that, to a chain-smoking adult who spent like a half hour before her lesson smoking in the parking lot to before she came in like it was just such a nightmare (laughs) um that I went home that night and I cried um but but the first the first um the first couple of years of teaching were really challenging and and again this is like 30 years ago so there were no resources Mm -hmm. for singing there was no instruction and even back then even the big publishers didn't really have the collections or the anthologies that we now use like 
all the time other than classical resources so so i started i started like well maybe i can take some this piano method and maybe i can Mm. do some music reading or some sort of exercises with the kids and i would and and some of it would work and i'd be like okay well this is you know but then you'd get to a certain point it's like this is her piano like i this doesn't apply to the student so it just i was i was very computer savvy Mm-hmm. And I and I liked kind of designing things, and I started put together these one-page activity sheets, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'd bring them into my students, and and I noticed that you know it they were great. The kids loved it. You know, the kids were like, "Oh yeah, I could do this." And it was a lot of them really needed that kind of step by step, or here's a question, here's a question, and then we're going to do this. And then I also noticed that parents really appreciated it. Like they could actually see something tangible. Yes. You know, my first three years of teaching my, the attrition rate, like the dropout rate of my students was just unbelievable. And just when I felt that I was starting to get to know them and we were starting to make progress, they'd quit. Mm -hmm. And then when I started introducing the worksheets, like they stayed longer, you know, I could have more, mm. I had more to show parents like, uh-huh. and, and the kids wanted to show their parents. Like they yeah. come out and go, I did this sheet and this, I sang this note and, and I clapped this rhythm and they were really excited. And, uh, I met my friend and colleague Mim who has mm-hmm. partnered with me this whole way at, um, the lesson education center that I was working at. And she, she was doing the same thing. She's like, I, she's like, there's nothing for singing teachers. Like, and she had done exactly the same thing. She'd used piano resources. She had pulled mm-hmm. out old, you know, some of the classical resources that are just not, you know, kids aren't going to really dig into that. So we partnered. She mm-hmm. would create a worksheet. I would create a worksheet. We'd swap. Nice. Then we started to put them together in leveled groups. And we, we really started to see that, you know, students were sticking with us. They were actually signing up for another year. And they'd come back year after year. And then we, we, started, uh, we, we started testing them. We were like, okay, well, here's level one. Mm-hmm. Here's level two. And that was 20. 20- something years ago wow mm. yeah now i'm and a little then, ignorant of rcm but was rcm's vocal area developed back 25 years ago it was it was it was it was um it was very uh hmm, how shall i put this it was pretty uh dated yeah um, and very classical they, very classical, and again, yeah. that it was that can be a tough sell, especially for a beginner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and we should say um, that the RCM is the Royal Conservatory of Music. Yeah, thank for you for people yes. that aren't list, that don't, maybe don't know what that is. Sure. So mm-hmm. that's a program in Canada that uh, is leveled education for music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I've put my students through Royal Conservatory exams for decades, and and there is a lot of benefit to them, not for everyone, um, and but uh, for little ones just getting started, it's, mm-hmm. it is not my Mm go-to but so yeah so we just we we started you know really you know and kind of just the two of us sitting in the living room on our laptops talking about what the kids need and every year we would assess you know the, the students and it was uh it was it was a lot of fun and and it was so neat because you're like you're seeing the results in real time and you're getting the feedback from your students and from the parents yeah, yeah. and then we included more teachers in our test groups 
Um, oh, and we included a couple of choral directors with that were working with children's choirs that were like, would you like to try these? And 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 again, our, the full voice workbooks were really developed for the the private one on one. But mm-hmm. s- uh, there were some choirs that, and there still are a lot of choirs and classrooms that use them. Um, and then uh, you know, we we were teaching in a, a Long and McQuaid store. Um, and in Canada, Long and McQuaid's are like, you know, nationwide. It's kind of like the Guitar Center, but the Canadian version. Sure. Mm-hmm. But all of them have huge lesson departments. And uh, mm-hmm. so we were teaching in one of the Le- Long and McQuaid's. And when we were at the point where we were like, we can sell these now. Like, I can't afford to print these up and give them away. And they were like, well, you can't just sell things here. They have to go through the store. So we, I was like, okay, fine. And then once it got into one store, it started to, people saw them, it went to another store, the ch- whole chain picked them up. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, uh-oh, okay, well, I guess we have to be more serious about this. And all, and it was funny too, because we got a Canadian distributor and they were like, well, you'll never get into the States. You'll <laughs> never, ever get into the U.S. because... <laughs> publishing is just a cutthroat industry and you know you're lucky you got this far and I was like okay well you know if we can help students in Canada that's fine and then of course the internet became Mm. such a (laughs) helpful place and um, uh, we launched we launched our e-commerce site in 2014 okay and uh, I guess the Googles, the Googles yeah. sent people to the website and people in the States started ordering them. And we, we made them, we actually had to switch our website. It was in Canadian dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, when people from the U.S. started to come to our site, they, they were like, wait, wait a second, like how much would that be in American dollars? Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh-huh. I, would, I would field all these questions like, yeah. I really want to buy your book, but it's in Canadian dollars. So we actually switched our website to U.S. dollars and that changed everything. Wow. Like everything. You know, and I, I remember waking up one day and there was all these orders sitting in my inbox and I was like, oh, huh, wow. <laughs> I guess, I'll never, I guess I'll never make it in the United never. States. And now, and now we've grown. Like we've grown. It's just, it's just been such a great response. We, have, we actually have um, uh, a distribution in Australia. So books are printed in Australia. We, had to, um, we have UK versions of the workbooks. So we have crotchet and minim friendly workbooks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just keeps growing. And of course, when we, when we, um, when we started using Amazon, so we also do print on demand through Amazon that just opened up everything just like, so we oh. have sales in the UK, Japan. So it's just, it's been, it's been a, uh, it's been a really incredible journey. And, uh, and I, and I still laugh because I was, I was, I remember my distributors giving me a very stern look, don't get your hopes up because, you know, getting into the U S market is next to impossible unless you've got thousands and thousands of dollars (laughs) and you can put advertisements in magazines and yeah, magazines. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Who reads magazines? I've heard of magazines. I know, right. 
So yeah, well, I just so think it's, it's been... funny because he was operating under an old model. You know, he probably Very didn't take so. into account the the worldwide web, right, and yeah. the distribution capability of the internet. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, and we, and we've just we've we've also partnered with amazing teachers all along the way. So um, as we went through, like you know, we we're in our third edition now, and every time we've done like a revamp, we just we sought out wonderful people, um, talked to the teachers that were using the books. What do you like? What's not working? Mm, what would mm-hmm. you like to see? Um, you know, what ages are, you know, what do you mm. need? And we, we, the first two books, the introductory book and the, for the level one book, they've been ripped apart and, and put back together because of all this feedback, probably half a dozen times. I'll bet. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's been, and then, over the last couple of years, we expanded into um, supplemental materials. Like we have, you know, sight singing superhero, and mm-hmm. we have vocal warm ups for kids. And we, when COVID hit, um, my colleague, uh, uh, the composer Donna Rodenizer, were actually working on a project called Vocal Studies for Kids. Oh, neat. Because as a 12-year-old that had to do Vakai studies, <laughs> I wanted something that was a little friendlier. Um, and I, and as a 12-year-old doing Vakai studies, I do remember that I did like the challenges of them, but it just it was just overwhelming, right? There was just a lot, especially my teacher wanted me to do it in Italian. Mm-hmm. So I was... I. I mean, I was a good student. I did what I was told, and I'm I'm sure there was benefit from it. But I don't remember it being fun, um, and I remember being really stressed out about the language side of it. So I worked with Donna Road, and I said, you know, I want shorter songs for kids, like those we call them bridging songs or like stepping stone songs, mm-hmm. and uh, because a lot of the go-to music that people say children should sing like Disney's rather challenging. Oh yeah. Right. And, and a lot of even like the go to, like, I think, I think, you know, part of your world is like eight or nine pages. Like that is a marathon for yes. a little voice. Right? Mm, right. And I think a lot of teachers, if they're working with kids, I, I mean, Matilda, like I, <laughs> I, I can't even with that. Like I'm like, you know, and I've watched the videos with these little children singing and they are incredible. But when you're working with, you know, just your everyday, mm-hmm. not, a, you know, not a, uh, an elite singer, th- that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so Donna and I were working on, uh, vocal studies for kids and she's an amazing, Donna Rodenizer is a music education specialist. Um, she taught K to six for 36 years, um, just as the music teacher here in Nova Scotia, they have the music teacher is like a specialist. They're not, they have either their core, their ORF, uh, and their Kadai and, and specialized training in music. And she is a brilliant children's composer. She really just, she understands uh, she understands what kids really respond to because she's written music mm-hmm. for 36 years for her classrooms, like from K to six. So we were working on this project and then COVID hit. And I said to Donna, and when COVID hit, shipping, shipping anywhere became oh. 
a nightmare, right? Yes. At the beginning of the pandemic. It's very difficult. So I ran into it, that too. It was, you know, may, it took a month or even more for a book to come from Canada into the U.S. And even Amazon wasn't able to do their super fast shipping, right? Yeah. They, they were struggling too. And, of course, all of us are online. So I talked to Don and I said, could we turn this into like a digital download and we'll do the backing tracks so that, you know, they can send mm-hmm. them to the students. And Donna, Donna was just so, yeah, let's do it. And that was huge. Like that, that really opened up a lot of doors for us. A lot of teachers discovered our company. A lot of teachers were looking for resources that were really visible and accessible for an online lesson. So we had a very busy year. We put out, we, we were putting out a single song downloads. So, um, yeah, I saw that on your website. It's like, Oh, I didn't realize you had single songs. Yeah. So, and again, for the same reason, because teachers were teaching online and they needed to have the resources to facilitate an engaging lesson with over zoom or clean feed or whatever they were using. And, um, that again, that's been such a, it's, it's been a lot of fun, right? Well, you know, we just put out our Halloween song, which is like zombie cat, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and I mean, and again, it's fun. And, and, and one of the things that I love to do, and I think is really important with our materials is we really strive to make them visual. I wanted to ask you about that because Mm -hmm. I think you have hit, just the right tone in this upper elementary age group uh, because some like some of the old piano methods for mm. beginners who are six just look awful they're they're, yes. they're almost insulting even to an eight-year-old and and I, I find your stuff strikes this really cool balance uh, between whimsy and fun and easy readability and stuff so how'd you well, come up is- with that well, that's a that is one of our priorities. I mean, um, when we were developing our supplemental resources, the vocal studies, uh, the vocal warm ups, and then the sight singing superhero, we actually worked with a classroom teacher who specialized in helping children with learning disabilities, specifically reading. Mm. And so, one of the things that um, uh, she was talking about and we we were talking about is I mean we have a generation of children that have grown up with iPads and things that bang and bong and flash at them to mm-hmm. catch their attention mm-hmm. and to guide their eye so like when my son was learning the alphabet you know we you know he had uh, this fun little program you know with little animated monsters and then he would take the letter and he would drag it over and the monster would say the letter like you <laughs> How right? do you compete with that, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So one of the challenges, and, and that's why we use color, and just printing in color is not cheap. No, <laughs> so I've, I've just learned it. So <laughs> everybody knows. Um, so we try to do things where we frame things in color because it actually helps them to focus on the, the black and white notes. So, so as much as making them fun and colorful, we are very aware of how things are pointing to certain elements. And if we want to highlight something for them and just, and it, that is, that is, and I always test it with my kids. Like I would always like, 
they're all I we say in our materials our, our material is kid and teacher tested and it's true if I hand something to a student and I watch their eyes and I watch their interest and if they stare at it and their eyes are like hmm, whatever and they're not into it I know that I've I need to maybe tweak it a bit uh-huh. or change something so that they are like oh oh and I always look for that their faces light up their faces light up and their eyes start to go where i want them to go so it's a little harder over zoom to watch them do that but um yeah so we we um you know we want we want the the products to be like pleasing for children and i shop for graphics and fonts like most women shop for shoes (laughs) (laughs) so like my, I'll shut the office door and my husband will come in. He's like, are you on the font store online? Like, are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> the good thing is that fonts don't, sh- don't show up at your house, like in a little box, you know, Amazon doesn't drop them off. They just like, you just get an email, just but, get them. but I mean that the, the aesthetic and the fun of a, of a resource is really important. Like yes. it, mm-hmm. it has to catch their eye. It has yeah. to, it has to make them smile. It has to make them ask a question. Mm-hmm. Right. And I so that's, that. that's something that we're really, we're really interested in. And of course, um, whenever possible, like our, our single song sound, uh, downloads will come with backing tracks. So we have the piano accompaniment, but we also recognize that now that we are, online and I don't have my students in my studio and I'm not always able to play the piano for them so now we have backing tracks that will have a melody guide and then I also have one of my um, uh, students um, uh, Nicole she uh, is she just turned 16 I think she has one of those Disney voices like Disney professional singing voices it's clean beautiful sound her pitch is phenomenal we actually left a bunch of microphones and recording stuff in ontario at her house and she's been actually singing um uh the the tracks and we now have a listening library and um we wanted like i mean i could have sung all of the songs but i think it's really helpful for children to hear young voices right Uh like i think they, they need to hear that you know nobody wants to hear grandma voice here right like my sultry jazz tones singing you know pickles the hamster (laughs) right um although i could lay down a heavy scat on that it's not the point but um yeah we just uh we just we have so much fun and donna is brilliant like um you know i said to her like i'll send her an email and i'll be like "Mm, do you have any songs about like llamas? And she's like, hmm, let me get back to you. And like the next day there'll be like three songs, like completely notated with a MIDI track. She's like, what do you think of these? (laughs) That's incredible. She, and she like, so the, she, and she's, 
because she has that elementary music background, she's very good at sequencing. Like, well, this this features this skill, mm-hmm. or this is mm. a this is a study about this, and and we have conversations like our Halloween zombie cat. It's actually called "What's That Sound?" Zombie cat is actually a study oh, on see singing. Zombie cat. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh we could do a language version of that justin that would be amazing um but like it's a study in chromatics it's a study Mm. in chromatics and singing minor scales and that's hard like we forget right curves of knowledge like we forget for a young singer a semitone singing in the half steps is tricky and hearing the minor tonality and singing accurately that's tricky Mm -hmm. and you know you can you could use the the conservatory you know, test examples and make them sing them over and over again, or you can make them sing this fun, we call them song adventures Mm -hmm. and they discover and they, and it's all play-based. It's all, Mm. you know, it's discovery play-based fun. And zombie cat was actually a story written by one of my students. And she's like, she's like, Oh, it's a scary story about zombies at the back of my house. And I was like, Ooh, maybe Donna and I can write a song about that. And next thing you know, Donna's like, here it is. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. So great. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. You, th- but it's been a long amazing. journey. Like it has been a, like from like literally I, oh, I had a little used laptop on my kitchen table and I would, I would take my summers off and do outlines and then, you know, to now having a small team and uh, working remotely and working with composers. The other composer that we work with is Glenn Lehman. He's in Australia and he writes delightful songs for children like he and he kind of has more of a pop background too because he grew up with like Beatles and and classic rock stuff so he like there's a different tone to his music and and the kids love it right so yeah so that's that's where we're at and I I have to say it's been it's been a fun ride and I'm 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 forever grateful that. Well, it's, it's good you still feel that way because it's a, it's yeah. a, a <laughs> big, big part of your life, right? You know, right? right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's so cool. Well, they are very useful. I have to say, you know, as a person who's actually used them with students, yeah, they're fantastic. They just structure lessons so beautifully um, for the teacher who might, you know, have uh, never worked with a demographic of children before, but wants to have mm. that opportunity and maybe needs supporting materials. They're fantastic. They're just really great to use in the studio and they the students like, like you said it's, it's because it's so close to uh i think what they have experienced educationally in school yes. that it's not a foreign it's like oh oh okay this is a familiar this is familiar to me so mm. it's it's just another you know uh, type of education but yeah they're fantastic any i, pl- I have to ask you though before we, any plans for like higher levels like level three level four level five mm, you know what um th- our next our next sequ- the next books that we have coming out, we're, we're really focusing more on repertoire books. And that was kind of our goal before COVID hit, right? And then we kind of, we kind of pivoted very quickly to do digital online offerings because that's what everyone needed. But now mm-hmm. that things are starting to come back to what this new normal is, we are moving back into like collections of songbooks. So the first thing that we're doing is creating... Um, repertoire that will kind of align with each of the workbooks for teachers that are looking for that because that's always what people are asking for Mm -hmm. but one of the things that we do want to do is kind of amalgamate level one and two as a and and change it a little bit 
put some more information in and for and write it for an older beginner. So whether it's a teen yeah. or an adult, um, there's a lot of teachers that do use level one with adults, but you've got like, you know, little kids on the front and I can appreciate that yeah. an adult might not really dig that right. cover. And that, that right. is a thing that I, I was going to bring up because uh, I never, I don't teach children anymore, but sometimes I will get, uh, older students who are beginners who are really mm. into it and and they want to go on a track that will sequence things and build literacy and all that stuff and and there still isn't much out there for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that would be the demographic that we were would try cool. to yeah so that's 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 kind of next on our plate um i'm we... putting my plug in i gotta sorry i gotta interrupt you i'm putting my plug in for a, a holiday collection of your book of a something oh Okay. Just because I love your seasonal stuff, and I would love to have like a, you know, like <laughs> a, 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 the, the holiday edition of the full voice, where it's like you know you have all your Easter spring things, and you have your yeah, Halloween yeah. things, and your fall things, and your winter things. <laughs> Just because I think that's such a to me, it's such a great um, use of the year, you know, with students. Well, it's just so fun. We actually put out last, I think it was 2019. We have a Christmas tree, which is. Uh, uh, it's, um, we, it's for intermediate level students. It's definitely not for your little littles. Mm -hmm. And Donna has some phenomenal music in there. She has an amazing arrangement of Silent Night that is just stunning. And she Mm -hmm. rewrote it for, um, uh, SSAB. So thinking of like high school students where you wouldn't have like, you know, you're not seeing the very low bass singers yet, usually. So she rewrote that. But we have in that book, we start things like ornamentation, right? Mm. So putting little ornaments on and uh, using little melodic fragments from really challenging Christmas music as like little vocal warm up fragments. It's yeah. So we that came out. So Oh, Christmas Tree. Uh, and Mim, my partner, uh, wrote this brilliant three-part jazzy version of Oh Christmas Tree that is just a blast. Like, it's a really fun arrangement. And it's a perfect introductory level for, say, high school students that are just getting into jazz harmonies. Mm, fun. Yeah. So, I mean, if I could clone myself, we literally have a, a, a working list of all of the projects that we're just dying to uh-huh. do. I love so it. my question now for you is, you know, you are, you are a resource maker, right? So you're a person who is mm-hmm. such a resource provider to our profession. I'm wondering, do you have favorite resources or texts or places mm-hmm. you go as a teacher to get information or to get inspiration or good ideas uh pedagogically uh yeah so that's a great question i i am inspired by um well i i i enjoy i did i did kadai training and i and i love the kadai sequencing to a point so Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's things that i don't like about the kadai sequencing and 
as we know, a lot of the folk songs now are not appropriate for our studios. Um, there's a series of books that I really like, which is called First We Sing by Susan Brumfield. Hmm. And uh, the, her book, 100 Songs like sh- uh, sh- uh, Songs and Rhymes, I love that book. There's like hmm. circle games, echo songs, like very short little songs and activities that are fantastic if you need like something quick. And I, I love, um, well, one of, one of my things that I do is I do follow some of the piano people. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a company out in BC. It's a husband and wife company. Their, their company is called Teach Piano Today. And I love their philosophy because it's very play-based. It's very creative. It's very colorful. Their resources have great design. Again, it's that Mm eye-catching fun. They have a series that I think is so... If if my son didn't play baseball and actually played the piano, I I know he would be into it. It's, It's literally where they take like a cartoon... And they're, they're cartoon frames, and then the piano part is the soundtrack to the oh, cartoon no. frames, uh, right? Yeah. Right, like, and and they introduce improvisation, and like they have all mm-hmm. sorts of creative ways that they just, you know, what I love about it is it's they've departed from the piano is good for you, and you should take piano to piano is like so fun, and you get to do this, and you can be creative, and you can write your songs. Like I love that departure from you should take piano because it's good for you, but like you know use our materials, and your kids are going to have a blast. And I and I think <laughs> it's like sneaking and, vegetables into the puree, yes, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I love, and they support their teachers. Like they have a lot of they have a great blogs and they have great information so i i really i find that inspiring and and um when we were setting up our website i was like yeah i want to be that support and that inspiration for teachers i want them to know that you know that having a fun lesson and is easy and here's some really fun resources um the other the other piano um uh series that i really like is piano uh safari I think they do mm-hmm. a brilliant job. Yeah, I've seen that one. Have you seen that one? Yeah. I, and again, it, it's it's uh, it's a really holistic approach, and and they they, I think they just do a really great job of supporting piano teachers. So, um, I like to I like to kind of go outside of our industry and and see, you know, other companies and how they support. Um, the teachers because because it's hard it's hard being a teacher it's hard to keep students engaged of any age but especially kids and and teenagers so I love I love watching how companies are serving their their teachers and and supporting them I really I really enjoy that like Mm. I really love watching that neat I know a lot of people really enjoy your podcast Oh, yeah. um, and like apart from if they use your materials or not, but I, <laughs> but it's really wonderful to have um, that auxiliary part to what you offer because mm. because it's people talking about what they're doing. And it's mm-hmm. just there's nothing quite like that angle as opposed to just reading a blog or mm-hmm. question and answer discussion forums or whatever. Um, people need people, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, this teaching in a silo, uh, people don't realize how isolated they can get after a mm-hmm. while. Oh yeah. I, uh, well, I, I have to thank my husband. It was Sean's idea. So, cause I, when we were, when we were creating the first website, I was doing a lot of blogging and I was doing a lot of writing and I just, no one was responding to it. Nobody was commenting. And I was like, man, this is so much work. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, as you both know, you right. both write incredible blogs, but, uh, you know, nobody was really engaging in it. And Sean's like, well, you talk all the time. About <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Sh- right? We call that shade. That's what we call shade. Oh yeah, he threw some serious shade, but he was that. But he was also helpful. Yeah. And and he's like, you know, we do have a recording studio in the house. So and 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 I have shout out to my husband. My husband takes care of all of the tech, all of the he he all of this gear. He tries to tell me about it, but I'm like la 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 la. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, oh, that's but, fantastic. Uh, and and we um, I have to say. Uh, doing the podcast has helped me like you know Mm. what brian was saying about being in a silo um i i really being in canada there was a lot like there was a when i met michelle and Kristen and i started interacting with the speakeasy like Mm -hmm. there is a whole side of this industry that i had never ever really experienced Mm -hmm. and i felt like a i felt like you know a, you know, an animal coming out of their hole going, where is every, what is this? Where have I been for 20 years? Uh-huh. And again, not coming from a pedagogy, like a pedagogy program, a program at university. Mm-hmm. So yeah. ha- talking to other pedagogues was like, oh my gosh, you know, and meeting Shannon and um, Shannon Coates and mm-hmm. uh, Shannon, actually, I, I had Shannon come to Hamilton and do her live uh, vocal instrument 101 at the church and and I sold tickets and stuff. And I mean, like just being able to meet all these wonderful people and talk to them and they share their, their expertise. One of my favorite podcasts, Brian is still the, the little impromptu one we did from the Nats in 2018. Las Vegas. Vegas. And it was you and Shannon just talking shop. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that was one of the, the, it's one of our more downloaded episodes wow. still. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was a and lot Justin, of fun. Justin did, if, if you, if any of your listeners haven't checked it out, Justin <laughs> did a two parter on vocal pedagogy, oh, which was like phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Boxed like Proust. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, no, it's been, a, it's been fan, fantastic. Like I've met so many amazing people and, we just we just did our season opener and i had this incredible conversation with ann baltz like she mm, is so wonderful fabulous? she yeah. is a truly inspired human being truly and i was it was such a lovely interview mm-hmm. like to hear what she's been through and and all of her work like mm-hmm. she's done some amazing work everybody that comes out of that program is changed in some way i find mm-hmm. from the people that have mm-hmm. gone through through opera works have really come through it in really yeah. inspiring ways. Because Amazing creativity. Absolutely. Especially for that field. That's oh, my. Well, yeah. and all of the negative, you know, first of all, the tradition, and then just the sort of the negative thinking that comes along with being attached to such tradition, you know, and mm. such comparison mm-hmm. to other artists, which is just c- so common in an old art form. 
Yeah. You know, well, you're not... she's 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 worked so hard to change that and to mm. to give singers a safe space, right? Yeah. To yeah. to mm-hmm. and 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 her her I the one of the things that I loved about her conversation was, you know, even just using language, you know, where the first thing that comes out of your mouth is a, is a compliment or something mm-hmm. that they are doing correct. And you know, you forget sometimes, especially in the crunch of a lesson, right? You're yes. like, I got to fix yeah. this. I got to do this. Da, 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 da. We yes. got to have a productive yes. lesson mm-hmm. and you want to fix. I still trip up on that too. And especially mm. with children, you have to be so careful to, yeah. to uh, give them that thumbs up. And then, oh, yeah. al- and then also <laughs> maybe you could try that. So, right. yeah. You know, I have to say my big go-to with that, with, I, I try to not be the first person to have the thought of correction. Mm. I want them to come up with their experience first because, (sighs) you know, one of the things, oh, therapy time, but one of the things you learn is you are, we are all accumulation of voices in our heads. Mm. We are all the accumulation of people that we know, people that have talked to it, even people we like, people we don't like. And for me, it's like, I want the student's voice to be the thing that's the first remark, you know, on their work. So that they develop an artistic sensibility and an individualism mm-hmm. about what worked, what didn't mm. work, what did they like, what can we explore, rather than being me being the first voice of correction. I want yeah. them to be the first voice of correction and say, or, or praise or, you know, criticism. What did mm-hmm. you notice? What did you, did that work? What worked? What didn't work? What can, what can you tell me? Mm-hmm. Um, I well, have found mm-hmm. that to be so, so, so freeing for me. Because it frees me from having to come up with the corrections. It's, I mean, not that I wouldn't, but it allows me to guide where their concerns are. It allows me to go where they're thinking and what they're exploring. Mm-hmm. So I find that to be really, really beneficial. And I got that from Uta Hagen. So props to it. Uta. I've yeah. gotten it from other psychological sources. But what I love to do when I ask, like, we'll, we'll say we've done a repetition of an exercise and I'll have the, I'll ask the student, so how is that for you? How, how do you, how do you, did you do with that? And if they happen to pile on themselves in a very self-critical yeah, way, sure. I turn that into a positive. So I'll say, wow, you've made a lot of observations there. That's really cool. Let's dig in. Uh, so, wow, so I I've, I'm stealing that. That is, that is brilliant. Because I refuse to play, help them play the victim game. It's like, okay, yes. if you're coming from that place, uh, but you've made some great observations, I'm going to say that's a real positive that you notice some yes. things you want to work on. Mm. I so let's that. take a look. And, uh, well done. That, that. So I do that a lot um, with the, the ones who have a good spine. Sometimes, mm-hmm. though, you need to say, oh, gosh, but you did some things really great, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love Justin saying sometimes you got to let them speak first because it can really help guide things. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's My, you, you said this thing to Brian and I when they want to go down that rabbit hole of, like, beating up on themselves. My, mm. my therapist just said once, she said, I refuse to be a co-conspirator in your self-flagellation. Whoa! <laughs> oh, love it. It's like, yes, mama, that is it. You know, don't be a co-conspirator to someone else's self-denigration, and they're beating yeah. up on themselves. I'm yeah. not going to yeah. go with you on that. You know, please don't. No. I say, please don't talk about my student that way. You know. Yeah. Oh, that I would. That would be another That's great a good language one too. I write that down. down. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's interesting too with, you know, with the the myths and the biases in our industry, right? Like, like there's the, the conversation is changing, right? And 
uh, about many things in our industry. And mm -hmm. I think most of us are trying to approach things in a, a more holistic, see the student, empower the student way. And I love those conversations. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that, I mean, I've been teaching for a long time and I don't think I've had, I don't think I've had an adult that hasn't come to me with some sort of trauma story mm -hmm. in regards to their voice, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think when, when we work with our youngest, you know, when we open our doors to younger singers, we have this amazing opportunity. I call it making peace with the voice, right? Mm -hmm. We get them to, we get them to, we, we might help them with the language to describe the sounds, right? And, mm -hmm. and they do. Even, the, even my younger students want to classify like, oh, that was bad or I don't like that or that sounded, yeah. you know, they'll come up with those things. So, so I try really hard to like, you know, bring different language. Like, you know, I think that sounded kind of spooky or I think that sounded kind of, you know, like we just tried different words. I actually told one of my teenagers, it's like, that was like you're when you sing that song it's kind of like organic like peanut butter and chocolate all together <laughs> like something other than good and bad right yeah. whatever whatever right. and when you work with younger singers it's amazing i always i mean i i, sh I guess i shouldn't be surprised but even your young singers want to kind of you know be unkind to themselves and you have to wonder where does that come from because it's not coming from me Right. So, and I think that those, those, and, and well, and the other thing I think is the myths and the, and the, the, the bias of age and ability mm -hmm. in our industry. Yeah. Right. It, 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 it affects all of us, every yeah. single one of us, whether you work in academia, whether you're just a private teacher, whether you work with kids. I mean, I have had to have conversations with parents about, you know, the language that they would be using mm. or even the mm -hmm. questions that they ask. Right. Yeah. Like I've had, so my little, my little, uh, one of my little favorite singers, they're all my favorite really. Like <laughs> I love them all. Um, but, uh, you know, her mom was telling me, she's like, Oh, she loves to sing. She sings morning, noon and night. I've actually paid her not to sing just so I could have a moment of silence. <laughs> And, and I'm like, oh, okay, that might be trauma inducing, but also, um, and I said to her, well, you know, I do these small group classes. Why don't, you know, well, you know, she, she doesn't sing in tune. And I'm like, well, that's not unusual. Like tune is, you know, singing and pitch is something that is learned and we certainly work on that. And she's like, well, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't sound like she's, she's not going to have a career in music. And I'm like, we don't worry, you know, we don't worry about that. We're just, like, if she truly loves it, like, just check it out. Like, but I really had to like answer a lot of worries, yeah. you know, and it's those, it's those myths that, you know, you're born with talent. Yep. Right. And, you know, and also, is this going to be worth my while? Like, is this a good investment? And, and a lot of a lot of families don't know the benefits of, yeah. of, you know, what, what a singing lesson can do. And so there's a lot of, I mean, the, those myths and biases, they, they permeate into our culture. They still do. Sure. Right. And so, in a way that I think they don't do it in karate. Right. You know what I mean? Like who goes into karate and asks those kinds of questions? I know. Really? I know. I mean, and maybe I people have, do. I, I know, have but... witnessed kinder karate. Like that is just a bunch <laughs> of kids. <laughs> Like, 
That but is I, just... I don't know any parent that puts their kids in a sport and goes, well, they're never going to play professionally, you know, so why would I put them in sports or why would I put them in an, uh, Yeah. why do people do anything in life? Right. Exactly. Right. I know. And yet, and yet, you know, um, or, or even just, even like, this is, this is a pet peeve of mine, but just the, well, you have to do piano or sing in a choir first. It's that like... was one of our questions. Yeah, we were going to ask you that. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good yeah. one. Okay, go, go ahead. Throw it on well, us, Mama. Throw that? it on like, us. Should okay. they play an instrument first, or for example? Okay, so first of all, I want to. I think piano is amazing. But as a mother who put her son in an instrument, and he hated it, and like <laughs> hated it. Like, okay, I shouldn't say this. I'm going to say this on your podcast. There was a day. Noah was sitting there. It was like a CDE melody, and he's like pitching a fit and telling me this and telling me that. And I got so frustrated. And this is a professional private teacher who has a husband who is also a professional private music teacher. And I got so frustrated with him that I smashed my hands into the piano and screamed, Just play it! <laughs> right? Like, that's like. Forcing Ooh. a child to do something that they truly don't want to do is mm. cruel. And I know Shannon's mm. talked about this. Like, piano for a child that maybe has a learning um, disability or struggles in certain ways, that probably is not the best place for them. That being said, if they love it and they're interested in it, by all means. And if I have a student that has studied with me and is starting to think more seriously about a career, then I will talk to the family and say, you probably want to get them started in piano. Mm -hmm. But a beginner lesson is a beginner lesson. And the human voice is a wonderful instrument. It's the first one. It's Amen. the first one. Yeah. And I I I think teachers sometimes prefer to have students that have that background because mm. then it takes a lot of their responsibilities yes. off the plate. Yeah, it sure right. does. Right. Right? Yep. So and that's one of the reasons why we created the full voice workbooks. Like it teaches them notes and rhythms right. and rests right. and reading and, and music, you know, theory. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you can use your hands to clap right. a rhythm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can, you can scat a rhythm. You can, yeah. you can like, so I think It's audiation that really at the end of the day. It's that audiation, bingo, yeah. end yes. of story. It's like yes. teachers need to be able to, te I'm sorry, but teachers need to understand audiation. They have to understand mm. that the, the, the ear has to, you know, that's the thing that they think the instrument is going to fix is the ear. Right, but right. the teacher of singing can fix the ear by, by mm -hmm. just rote imitation. I mean, that's how it all starts. All learning, as mm. Glory St. Germain says, you know, it's like all <laughs> rudimentary learning is, is imitation at the beginning. Yeah, You know, imitating absolutely. somebody else and developing their thinking ear. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that I would say, especially when it comes to piano, and I, when I do my teacher training, this is like, this is the first kind of module that we talk about. It's... Independent singing skills, confident singing skills do not happen if someone is always singing with you and playing notes for you. Yeah. Mm. Right? Like, if we want to make peace with the voice, you got to hear it. You got to hear the bad things. You got to hear the good things. You got to hear, you got to be able to hear how to find that pitch and correct that pitch. You can't do that. And it's a quick fix because if I'm working with, say, you know, little Esther, um, like there's a couple of reasons why sometimes she struggles with pitch. One of them is she is so intense about singing that she often will go sharp. 
because mm-hmm. she's trying so hard, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that if I were to play with her, she would probably be okay. But I think it's better for me to see what's going on there and make the correction, especially when they're little, mm-hmm. right? And what's beautiful is if I'm doing work, if I'm doing like solfege with her, I'm doing like hand signs or I'm doing call and response and we mm-hmm. start off, she's going to go off the rails a little bit, but I don't have to say a word. I just repeat the thing. And one of the things I found is if you actually sing it a little bit softer, I don't know. I've talked to Shannon about this. I've talked to Heather Nelson about this. It's been my experience that sometimes volume has a lot to do with how they correct pitch. I don't huh. have, that's anecdotal. I don't have any research. I'm looking into it. But sometimes just singing a little softer, their their tuning kind of comes into play. Mm. So, um, but I mean, it's it's important for her to be able to make those corrections on her own. Like you were talking earlier about mm-hmm. being the first one to speak. Mm. She knows when she's not in tune. She knows. I can see it in her face. They I get can that see her really thinking. Soon. Yeah. Yep. They yep. do. Yep. Yeah. So yep. if we could hold space for our young singers and let them hear the mistakes, you know, and vocal explorations, like... playing with the voice and like vocal roller coasters like there's and if you give that to kids like when you give them that creative play based they they teach me so much more than i'm probably teaching them Mm. and i'm always i'm always amazed because sometimes i'll think oh this will be too hard and sure enough they'll be like hey this kind of sounds like this and i want to do this and i'm like boom and then i'm like I'm a genius. Really, really it's them. Really, I've just let them explore and given them, to the best of my ability, a safe space where they can go, cool, this is neat. I like this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that uh, Donna did this little song, going back to the llamas, Mm -hmm. and it's it's called Soul Law Llama Fun, and it's a solfege improvisation. And it's like... uh, a llama, llama, let's have fun. I will sing and you can hum. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, so. A llama, llama, sing so sweet and low. And then they have four bars to improvise using so and la. Right? Now, I know as a, as a young person, that would have scared the crap out of me. Because mm-hmm. when I went to jazz school my first year, it was like, what? I have to make things up? And you're not going to play the notes for me? And like all the color drained from my face and I almost died. But when you do that with a child and you give them some simple parameters, I mean, they do some very cool stuff. You teach them to think in music. You turn, you teach them to think in music. Audiation. Right? Completely. So. We don't do that in classical music and we used to. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Classical yeah, improvisation used to be a thing that instrumentalists would learn to do. Classical instrumentalists. Hmm. They'd give you a theme and they'd say, okay, and I improvise on this theme. And composers and musicians would just go. I mean, my goodness, the old bel canto Handel operas, they would, those singers were trained like jazz right. musicians. And you'd just go and be like, right. okay. And if you did the same thing twice in a night, they'd get mad at you and be like, ooh, <laughs> we heard this already. You already that, did this. That was the whole thing about da capo arias. Yeah. Which, uh, is that on the da capo, it needs to be way different. Yeah. Right. Oh, and uh, different from performance to performance. Yeah. So yeah. there was never like this idea of like, oh, I did that last night. Nope. The public knew it, and they would be like, no, boo, that's yesterday's <laughs> ornamentation, boo. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
What you like, didn't like my music, fancy that's, that's mordant? The, yeah, well, that's the thing that I think I've, I learned from Gordon's music theory was that, you know, we get people on the score so quick that we, we limit their ability to think and mm-hmm. to create musically because we're trying to get them into a score mm. rather than having them hear and think musically. Mm-hmm. And, and really, those people who are sort of wed to the score, they yeah. aren't really creative musicians in a way. I mean, they're sort of hobbled because they don't have they – they can do that and not think, in other words. Mm-hmm. They cannot be thinking musicians. Mm-hmm. So I love that idea of improvisation because I think it liberates the creative mind so beautifully. And if you can, if you can in, introduce it at a younger age, yeah. I mean, when they when they start to feel, you know, that they have ownership on it, um, you know, then it leads them like that. It was after you know after that little exercise, and then like Esther's like, I really want to write a song, and I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> Reel them in. Yeah, exactly. Reel them in. You know, and again, we, uh, we, you know, we think, I mean, I do this all the time and I, I should know better. It's only been like 30 years, but I often, I always think, oh, it's too hard or, oh, this is maybe too advanced. But they always, they, they're so, when you, when you give them that safe space, it's amazing what you'll see them do. Mm-hmm. Amazing mm-hmm. what you'll yeah. see them do. But uh, That's fantastic. You know, Justin wrote a wonderful list of questions, which I had just added a couple flourishes on. His last question is wonderful, though, and I'm wondering if you might want to take a stab at it. It is, yeah. what's something that we're not talking about in voice pedagogy that we should be talking about? Mm. Well, um, one of my observations, I've been doing... Um, I've been doing uh, teacher training all over the last few months, mm-hmm. and um, I've been uh, 12 teachers at a time. I keep the group small because I want to give teachers the opportunity to ask questions. Um, and the, a lot of the focus in the, in the workshop is about play-based learning, you know, um, uh, vocal creativity, vocal expression, a vocal um, exploration. And one of the things, the question that I get, so at, and at the end of the, at the end of the workshop, I always send them to, I bribe them. I say, I'll give you another free song if you <laughs> fill out my form. And um, the, one of the questions is, you know, what most surprised you about this workshop? Oh, great question. Yeah, and time and time again, people say the importance and the power of play-based learning. Mm. And and I get this email all the time. Like I do, I do Instagram lives, and I'll you know I'll I'll say you know you know you can do tongue twisters or you can like put them in a jar and call it the jar of doom and either (laughs) pull it out on your zoom or make them pull it out at your in-person lesson and you know like like that sense of play is not something that i experienced going through traditional lessons ever yeah right yep and so, and I get that, I get that comment over and over mm. and over again. I had no idea that play was so important. I don't feel, and a lot of them will say flat out, I don't feel comfortable, but I'm going to give it a try. And then I get emails saying, I did like 
I did the vocal roller coasters, like you said, and I've never had a child so engaged in my lesson mm. ever. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so neat. I don't know if that's something we're not talking about, but I think I think it's something that a lot of teachers are hesitant, you know, yeah. to to that that you know, and and I mean we're talking about it in ways like moving away from language like this is a good sound and this is a bad sound mm-hmm. or this is good and this is bad like we talk about that you've talked about that on your podcast shannon talks about that mm-hmm. but i think that that element of play uh, for our younger students but full disclosure i torture all my students of all ages with mm-hmm. the same activities so mm-hmm. i've made my adult singers do the vocal roller coasters we're just a line drawn either on the zoom whiteboard or on my whiteboard in my studio and mm-hmm. i'm like okay you gotta sing that use the ooh vowel mm-hmm. right uh-huh. and for some students like for some adults it's like you know all the color drains from their face but (laughs) yeah once they get comfortable it opens up like a whole different i hear different sounds yeah that's amazing that's wonderful is that a good answer to the question oh gosh i think it's a fantastic (laughs) answer you know it makes me percolate incredible ideas Mm -hmm. you know i generally teach older people and i'm teaching sort of three folks i'm teaching a lot of choral singers i'm teaching Mm -hmm. Uh, musical theater people and I'm teaching uh, people who sing in bands Mm. usually rock cover bands stuff like that Um, but the thing about play based you know I'm thinking all this stuff like when you get notes at an audition like if you go do a a Nats audition you get these notes and and, uh, or you go to a coach and, and they start talking about interpretation your interpretation was this or that and I just think we as adults give ourselves so little chance to truly play with the song, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 to make something different emerge, uh, especially in classical. We're concerned about the performing traditions and we're trying to conform mm-hmm. to something rather than making it our own. And uh, I, I think this play based idea can go all the way to the top in Absolutely. terms of coaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, uh, one of the tools that I use, and I want to shout out to Eden Castile, who talked Ooh. about these. She's our next guest. A... Oh, wonderful. I love yep. Eden. Same. She was the one that told me about Anne's cards. Oh, right? okay. Well, yeah. Like the, uh-huh. the, the emotional the, the emo- Right? And I, I, of course, was like, that is brilliant, especially being online. And uh, so I ordered them. And just it cost more than the cards themselves to ship them to Canada, oh. but it was worth <laughs> every single penny mm. and i started using them with my students so i would i would do things like you know i would do i get out the jar of doom and i would pull out the tongue twister and i'd say okay esther and i'd hold it up to the camera and said okay give me your tongue twister and she would do it and i'd be like that was great but do you want to make it more fun and she's like okay and then i pull out <laughs> one of ann's cards like terrified <laughs> and now she has to do, you know, four, four friends, four furious friends fought for the phone, terrified, right? And it just brings it to a whole other level. And then there's laughing and giggling and, uh-huh. and, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at, you know, a, a nine year old who is in, I don't know, 
it was February in Canada. It's cold. It's dark. We're in, I don't know what lockdown we were in and she's having the time of her life. Right. Mm. And when I see the when I see teachers and they're saying, you know, I'm really having a hard time engaging, you know, keeping my students engaged. They're so tired. They're so tired of being online. And I'm like, I don't have a problem. I don't don't have a problem. Like that being said, and Justin, you talked about this at the beginning of the energy, right? That is required. There was, there was a day, there was an evening I had signed off my last student. You know, I had um, the Anne's cards are literally all over my desk. There's music spilled here and there, and there's half a drunk (laughs) coffee. And I literally put my head on my desk and I cried. It was like (laughs) lockdown number three. And I'm like, I'm so tired from holding space and trying to make Mm -hmm. it so fun for people that I'm just going to crawl under my desk and have a little cry. And then I'm going to go home. (laughs) (laughs) I can laugh about it now, but it was a. Oh, I can totally. No, I I get it. Uh, We all get it. (laughs) All of us teachers. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Oh, well, this has been so fabulous. Thank yes. you so much for coming, Nikki. Well, yeah. I, like I said, I, I miss you two so oh. very much. Um, and I, and I am so good. It's so nice to see both of you and talk to both of you. And I, I feel, I feel like we hang out all the time because I listen to your podcast and <laughs> I chuckle and I, I love it. So, uh, so thank you for the work that you're both doing. It's so, yeah. so great. Well, thank you. And, and let's let people know where they can find yeah. you. Fortunately, you have such a beautiful name for your business, uh, thefullvoice.com, right? Yeah. And the Full Voice Podcast. Mm-hmm. Any other media? Um, <laughs> if uh, my, my Instagram handle is at the full voice and I would love for people to find and follow me there, especially if you're interested in fun activities and thoughts about working with kids. And of course, all of our wonderful resources, we share them there. Um, I do want to encourage everybody. Uh, we have a free resource page. So oh. we like to, we like to give people the opportunity to check things out. Cause mm-hmm. like I said, people often are hesitant to embrace <sighs> play based learning of course, yeah. so we have a, if you go to our free resources page there are mm-hmm. fabulous fun warm-ups we just released a halloween spooky vocal halloween study called halloween and um <laughs> we have we put out we put out regular freebies and and people can check out some of those download them and have some fun and just uh just Look for that. Look for that expression on their face when they we show them the page. Like it light, it lights them up. Fantastic. So well, fun. thank you. Yay. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and check us out at thevoiceculture.com. Bye for now.